It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods, they did it to honor their kings, they did it to train their soldiers, they did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is Coliseum Corner, the wrestling podcast where each and every Coliseum home video is reviewed. From the personalities and specialties to the best of the WWF and even the Collector Series. If you're looking for reviews of WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, and SummerSlams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos. We review the good, the bad, and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Yankovi and welcome to another edition of Coliseum Corner, the podcast where I review each and every Coliseum home video released from the World Wrestling Federation. Today I conclude the first series of video releases with the best of the WWF Volume 1. And believe me when I tell you that this truly is the best of the WWF. You have such stars on this as Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Bruno San Martino, The Fabulous Moolah, Wendy Richter, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Big John Studd, and a whole lot more. So without any hesitation, let's get into the best of the WWF Volume 1. This videotape is hosted by Vince McMahon and he gives us a description of the matches that we will be seeing and even some of the highlights that take place on this particular video cassette, the best of the WWF Volume 1. So our opening match is a three-on-two handicap match. You heard me right, folks. A three-on-two handicap match. On one side, you have Hulk Hogan teaming up with Andre the Giant. The opposing team consists of Dick Murdoch, Adrian Adonis, and Big John Studd. Before we get to the match, we have a promo from Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and Hulk Hogan saying how that this man, referring to Andre the Giant, is not the same nice, big Andre the Giant you know. This is the boss, and he is not in a good mood, and he is coming for Big John Studd. And Andre... He cuts a decent little promo saying how Big John Stud, this time there's nowhere for you to run. You cannot escape me. We were in a steel cage. I beat you in a cage. You want more. You're going to get more in this match. So as we see after the promo, Dick Murdoch, Adrian Adonis, and Big John Stud making their way towards the ring. And 
what's very interesting about this is Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch, who at this time are the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, and Adrian Adonis is the only one of the team that is carrying the WWF Tag Team Championship. Well, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant make their way towards the ring and, well, wait a minute, where's Hulk's title? Yep, Hulk Hogan did not wear the World Wrestling Federation title with him to the ring for a three-on-two handicap match. I would have figured, you know, hey, I'm the Hulk, I'm the champ, you know, gotta wear the belt, but apparently not. So we started the match with Hulk Hogan and Adrian Adonis, and Adonis has a couple of nice wrestling moves to get out from a collar and elbow tie-up into a hammerlock. And he actually gets it in in about three moves, but Hogan is able to get out of it and takes down Adonis and then takes down Murdoch. We get good back-and-forth action, and then Andre the Giant gets tagged into the ring, and he's in there with Big John Studd. And Big John Studd and Andre, they have a little bit of a get-go. And then Andre takes Studd into the corner, and he goes back first into Big John Studd, ramming his big back into Big John Studd. Well, then Dick Murdoch comes to try and help him, but Andre grabs Murdoch, and he puts him in front of Studd, and he starts doing a football tackle into the corner on the both men. And then Adonis comes in to try to help, and he gets caught up, and all three men are in the corner getting this football tackle, and Hogan comes in, and he helps push the big Andre into all three men with his shoulder into the midsection of all three men. So we go a little bit later into this match, and Andre the Giant is actually getting beaten up by Murdoch, Adonis, and Stud, and it actually is to the point where we get a nice double team where Murdoch goes to the top rope with his knee into the back of Andre the Giant and drives him down into the mat face first for sort of sort of um sort of a well, I guess you could call it a knee drop, but it's also sort of a backbreaker. It's a weird a weird combination to call it. So they would take advantage of Andre the Giant for a while, and then eventually Hogan would get the tag from Andre, and Hogan would come in, and he would try to even things up, but Hogan eventually gets beaten up on the numbers game, and it's still a three-on-two advantage. So after they attack on Hogan for a while, and or Hogan finally tags Andre in, and this is where... The rest of this match goes because they're attack Andre is attacking all three of these guys and he sends John Studd out to the floor and it sends him so far to the floor or it takes him out to the floor so hard that big John Studd leaves the match. He leaves his partners behind. So instead of a three on two advantage, it is now even two against two. And it does not fare well for the team of Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis, as Hogan and Andre would get the advantage back. Andre would hit the big boot onto Murdoch and then hit the big splash on him to get the three count in the victory. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant win a very interesting handicap match. 
Then we go to Madison Square Garden for s sort of a famous match, actually, if you think about it, in the history of the WWF or WWE, whatever you want to call it. The Fabulous Moolah defending the women's title against Wendy Richter. Some of you might know this very, very well as the match that aired on MTV many years ago called The Brawl to End, or, yeah, it was The Brawl to End It All, I believe was the name of it. And this was the first MTV special that MTV and the WWF did. So Mean Gene is in the back with Captain Lou Albano, who is the manager of the Fabulous Moolah, and he's hyping up and he's talking about the Fabulous Moolah, how she is often imitated but never duplicated. And then we get quick words from the Fabulous Moolah, and Moolah says hello to her friends and also to her enemies. She doesn't care if you are her friend or if you are her enemy. Um, and she is ready to take on Wendy Richter, and she's ready to beat her down. And at this particular point in time, we're in 1984, the Fabulous Moolah has been the WWF Women's Champion for 27, almost 28 years at this point in time. Because, um, a, a little, little history uh, facts, she had been the NWA Women's World Champion on multiple occasions. However... The WWF, or WWWF, never recognized her losing those titles, so she was their women's champion for close to 30 years. So we get the introduction, and uh, Cindy Lauper is in the corner of Wendy Richter, along with Cindy Lauper's manager, Dale Wolf, And we get an interesting match. Let's say that. It's not the best match in the world, but it's an interesting match. Uh, both women do a couple of arm drags to start off the match. And then during this match, they call Dale Wolf over and they ask him, is or ever was Captain Lou Albano at any point in time the manager of Cindy Lauper? And he says flat out, that is a lie. He has never been the manager of Cindy Lauper and he has. This is a... This is, like I said, this is an interesting match. It, it's very weird. Um, Richter gets sent out to the floor a couple of times. Moolah gets sent to the floor once. At one point, Richter holds Moolah up for Lauper to hit her while she is on the apron. And the referee is saying to, you know, saying to them, don't do this, don't do this. And Lauper does it anyway, but there's no ramifications, no trouble coming out of that. So then we get to the end of the match. Mula has pulled Richter up about once or twice because she could have gotten a three count very easily. Mula then, I don't know, it's like an attempt of a German suplex, but it's also an attempt of a roll. It's not the best. So she gets the roll. The referee counts one two, and then as the hand is about to go for the third time, Wendy Richter's shoulder comes up as the referee gets the three count. Now, Mula and Albano both think she's won the match. She's still the champion. But after further discussion, the winner of the match and the new women's champion, Wendy Richter, 
Well, this upsets Fabulous Moolah to the point that she hits a near picture-perfect dropkick on the referee that sends him at least to the apron. And Moolah's had to be held back. Richter and Lauper are just celebrating in jubilee that she's won the title. And then we go back to the replay to see what exactly happened. And it is like I told you. Moolah with a weird roll-up. Uh, both shoulders are down. The referee makes the count. Richter gets her arm up before the three. And Richter is the new women's champion. Now we go into the archives for this next segment. And this is very, very interesting. Because before we get into this next match, we are introduced. We have a special guest at ringside for this event. And it is the current Heavyweight boxing champion of the world, Muhammad Ali, is at ringside to view the action. So we go to our next match, which is Baron Mikel Sakluna against Gorilla Monsoon. Well, this isn't a very long match. Uh, Sakluna attacks Gorilla Monsoon right off the bat, goes to work on Monsoon. But Monsoon comes right back, and he throws Sakluna out to the floor. Well... He throws Sakluna to the floor, but he throws him on the side where Muhammad Ali is. And Ali is not taking that very lightly. As a matter of fact, he takes his coat off, he takes his tie off, he takes his shirt off, and he goes into the ring. At this point, Sakluna has left the ring, um, and that match is over. So Ali is now in the ring with Gorilla Monsoon. And Muhammad Ali is trying to get a couple of quick jabs in the gorilla, and Gorilla Monsoon is not, he's not phased by it. He's blocking these punches, he's blocking these jabs. And then as Ali is pointing at Monsoon, Monsoon picks Muhammad Ali up and has him in an airplane spin, and he dumps him down, and he, who knows what he could have done after that. But uh, Ali's entourage gets Muhammad Ali out of the ring, and they take him out of the ringside area. And we get word with Gorilla Monsoon. Vince McMahon uh, is the interviewer for this. And, you know, he's, you know, he asks him, what, you know, what could you have done? And Monsoon said, I could have done anything to the man. And he says that, or that Muhammad Ali doesn't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wrist watch. And, that, and, I, and Monsoon says... Any boxer who is taken off of his feet cannot beat a wrestler. He's a very good boxer, terrible as a wrestler. Now we go to this next match. Um, this next match probably will not be in the list of the top 100 greatest matches of all time. Superfly Jimmy Snuka against Bobby Bass. And if I hate to use this term, but... If you are looking for a jobber match, this is your jobber match. Um, Bobby Bass tries to take advantage, but Snuka is all over Bobby Bass. Um, it's a very quick match, and in the end of the match, Jimmy Snuka goes to the top rope, and Angelo Mosca, who's on commentary for this, uh, uh, Snuka does the pose, and Mosca's like, It's the Statue of Liberty! What? The Statue of Liberty? Well, anyway, Snuka hits the big Superfly Splash to get the three count and the victory. Then we go to perhaps 
the most famous Piper's Pit of them all. It is Roddy Piper with Jimmy Snuka, and Piper tries to make Snuka feel comfortable because, well, he's not in his home, or as Piper says, his habitat. So he gets him a pineapple, he gets him some bananas, and he gets him some coconuts. And Snuka asks Piper if he's trying to make fun of him. And Piper's saying, no, I'm not trying to make fun of you. And then, wham! He smacks Snuka over the head with the coconut. It takes Snuka down, and Piper starts beating on Jimmy Snuka. And he whips Snuka with his belt, and he's just tearing him apart. And as we're seeing this, because this is actually a clip from Tuesday Night Titans, Piper is watching this, and he's, you know, having fun watching and having reactions of his own. And then we see Piper, he's leaving, Snuka is getting back onto his feet, and he's about ready to destroy Piper, but Piper gets into the door before Snuka could get to him. Now we go to this confrontation between the two that took place in Madison Square Garden, and this is a very interesting match because it goes two separate ways on this match. The The first part of this match is just a good-fashioned fight, and, and it does get to, to that point towards the end of the match. Um, and then the second part is Piper, you know, comes back and he wears down Jimmy Snuka, and he's wearing him down for a good little bit. But then they go to the outside, and this is where the real action, I think, takes place, because Snuka and Piper, they're fighting on the outside, Snuka sends Piper into the post, and then after that, Snuka hits Piper with a chair, and we see that Sn or that Piper is busted wide open. But it's not because of the chair shot, it was because of when he went face first into the post. So Piper is busted open. So Snuka then brings Piper back into the ring, he knocks him down, and he's about ready to do the superfly leap onto Piper. But as he jumps, Piper, in his own way, catches Snuka and clotheslines him on the top rope that sends Snuka to the floor. The referee counts Jimmy Snuka out. Roddy Piper sneaks a win out of this match. Then we go to a very interesting match. It is the Black Tiger against the Cobra. And this match is for the vacant World Wrestling Federation Junior Heavyweight Championship. So whoever wins this match is going to be the new Junior Heavyweight Champion of the World Wrestling Federation. This is a very good match. I, I wish they could have shown this whole match on this tape, but, and, and I've said this on the first two, and I'm going to say this for a while, I understand timing and editing and all that, you can't really fit everything in, which I understand, but this is such a very good match, you get great wrestling, you get technical wrestling, you get mad action, um, and there's a very little bit of high-flying, 
Cobra does a nice dive through the top and middle rope onto Black Tiger. And it's just such a good back and forth match. And at one point, Black Tiger hits a couple of inverted pile drivers, which would later become Tombstone Pile Drivers. And it's such a good match. And in the end, Cobra reverses one of the attempts by Black Tiger of this tombstone pile driver and hits one of his own, then climbs the top rope and he hits a backsplash onto the Black Tiger and it's just enough to get the three count and Cobra wins the match, is the new junior heavyweight champion. And as it looks like Cobra is coming to check on Black Tiger and, you know, tell him good match, Black Tiger isn't having it and they're about to fight each other. Then we go into something very, very interesting. Hulk Hogan training Mean Gene Okerlund for the wrestling ring. And this is how it all starts. This is probably the... I don't know. This is like, if it's not the best, it's almost near the best of this entire videotape. So we start on day one. And on day one, Mean Gene is sitting at the table in his kitchen, in his house, with a cigar and a cup of coffee. And Hulk Hogan comes in and he's like, What are you doing, man? What are you doing? And Mean Gene's like, Well, you know, I was going to have myself some breakfast. I was going to have some pancakes. I was going to have some eggs, some toast, have my coffee. And Hulk is mad because Mean Gene isn't taking this seriously enough this uh, this training because they're going to be facing George the Animal Steel and Mr. Fuji um, in a tag match. So Hogan takes the cigar out of Okerlund's face. He takes the coffee cup away from Mean Gene Okerlund and Hogan says that he's going to make breakfast for Mean Gene. So they get to the refrigerator, he asks Gene for a couple glasses, he pulls them out, and we see Hulk getting some eggs, and he cracks some eggs and he cracks them into the glasses. So, you know, it's basically from the Rocky movies. So Hogan gives himself three eggs, puts the yolks in, he gives Okerlund two, and he says, this is going to help you with your protein, it'll get you away from eating those blueberry pancakes. Drinking especially that nasty coffee and that nasty cigar I saw you with. So Hogan takes a drink. He takes all three yolks and just drinks it down. And we never see Gene Okerlund drink a glass. Which is sort of disappointing. I would have liked to have seen that. So now we see them. This is still on day number one. And they are running around in the park. And there are some people there cheering going... Yay! Come on, Gene! Come on, Hulkster! And Gene is tired. You could probably tell because, you know, Mean Gene's not in the best shape, really. And Hogan tells him, we're going to go one more time around the park. And Mean Gene is just tired. And the people are going, yay! So they continue running. And they run into downtown Minneapolis-St. Paul. And, and Okerlund is just tired. He's like... Oh, man, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for a beer and a brat. What do you think? You think you can hook me up? And then Hogan comes in. 
he turns, he comes to Okerlund and he's like, I just turned around, dude, and I didn't see you behind me. So he takes, you know, Oakland, and Oakland's like, all I wanted was a beer and a broad. And he's like, maybe later, but right now we got to do training. So they do some more training. So we go to day number two, and they go to the Olympia gym. And Mean Gene's got a little bit of concern, and he's like, Hulk, I'm not sure if I'm the man that can help you defeat George Steele and Mr. Fuji. And Hulk Hogan, you know, he's like, you got to have that eye of the Hulkster, brother. You got to be in full physical condition. You got to be in the absolute best shape, dude. So we see this video montage of Hogan and Okerlund training in the Olympia gym. Now we go to day three, and it's six o'clock in the morning. Because the first time, it was five in the morning. So it's six in the morning, and Oakland's like, Man, this is the biggest thing since Prince and the Purple Rain. Everyone's talking about this. And Hogan's like, Well, what are you doing, brother? It's six in the morning. Come on, we gotta do some training. So they go into the Met Center in Minneapolis, and they're doing steps. And Hogan is carrying Okerlund on his back as a way of training. And Hogan is like, after this, it's your turn. And Gene is like, me? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. So Mean Gene, in a sort of comedic way, is carrying Hulk Hogan on his back up the steps, training for this match. It, it, it's a sight you have to see. So then we see Hogan and Okerlund, they're doing this wheelbarrow of exercise where Hogan is holding on to the legs of Okerlund, and Okerlund is using his hands to climb up, and they're on the last flight of steps, and, and Okerlund makes it, and... Now, Okerlund is confident in this match. And he says, we've got him, Hulk. This is our town. Minneapolis, St. Paul, Upper Wisconsin. This is our town. We can't be beat. And then we see one more time Hulk and Gene running up the steps in downtown Minneapolis. And they're ready. They are ready to go. So, how do they do? Well, we're going to find out right now because Hulk Hogan and Gene Okerlund hit the ring for a tag team match against George the Animal Steel and Mr. Fuji. So Hulk Hogan and George Steel, they start off the match and Hogan is in control and he's, it's Hulk Hogan. And then we get a tag, Mr. Fuji comes in and... You know, Hogan is still in control, and they're thrown to the outside. Okerlund then goes around the corner, steps on the hand of Mr. Fuji while Fuji is trying to cooperate, get himself together, and Hogan and Okerlund are celebrating. They're giving each other high fives. But the referee takes that as a tag. So mean Gene Okerlund now has to go into the ring and face George the Animal Steel. And Gene is a little bit worried. He's not sure what's going to happen here. So George has Mean Gene up in the corner. We're not really sure what's going to happen here. 
George takes a dive into Oakland, but Oakland crawls out of there, and he makes a tag back to Hogan. And then we get to the end of the match, where it's complete chaos, and Fuji grabs his uh, ceremonial salt, and as he's trying to throw it to Hogan, Oakland distracts him and causes Fuji to throw the salt into his own face, and then um, Hogan sends Fuji into the ropes. He tells Oakland to raise your feet, and he gives Fuji a boot to the midsection. And then Hogan lifts Oakland up in the air, drops him for a splash. He goes into the ring. One, two, and then to make sure that Fuji doesn't kick out, Hogan puts a little bit of his extra weight onto Oakland. Three, and... Gene Okerlund and Hulk Hogan win the tag team match. And then after the match, Fuji and Steele try to attack both men, but it's to no avail as Hogan and Okerlund celebrate in the ring. And I love Vince McMahon's commentary where he says, Gene Okerlund is willing to try and do anything as long it is with the Hulkster. You can come up to your own conclusions on that one. So finally, we go to the conclusion of this tape, and it is in two parts. Because the first part is a one-on-one -on -one match between Larry Zbysko and the living legend of professional wrestling, Bruno San Martino. And this is the classic story of the student against the teacher. So we get this very good wrestling match. It is scientific, mat wrestling. They go hold for hold. Um, there's no cheating, no, none of that. They just are having a good wrestling match. Uh, Zabisco tries a couple times to get a win on San Martino. He does an abdominal stretch. It doesn't quite work. Uh, a couple body slams to only get a one and a half, maybe a two, and then vice versa. San Martino gets a couple of body slams under Zabisco, only could get a two count. And they're really going back and forth as far as the moves go. And then San Martino sends Zabisco to the floor, and this is where not only the match turns, but in a way, maybe the history turns because San Martino being the good sport that he is opens up the ropes for Zabisco to come back into the ring as Zabisco is coming back into the ring he attacks Bruno San Martino and at this point Zabisco has just about had it he's lost control he's tried to stay calm this entire time can no longer do it and he's beating up Bruno San Martino. He's throwing punches. He's kicking him. He's just going to work. Then he goes to the outside, grabs a wooden chair. And the referee is trying to take the chair away from Zabisco. But Zabisco sends the referee out onto the floor. And Zabisco hits San Martino with the wooden chair over his head which causes Bruno to get busted open. He's bleeding uh, profusely, as Vince McMahon says, and Zabisco 
becomes a big heel and you see this one image at the end of there is a literal puddle of blood on the ring mat of Bruno San Martino losing the blood from those shots that Larry Zabisco gave him. So then quickly we get a weigh-in. Um, we only see the end of San Martino's weigh-in, and he is interviewed about the steel cage match with Larry Zabisco. And he says how this is the most dangerous match in all of professional wrestling and that he hopes to get Larry Zabisco to teach him a lesson. And he wishes that the match was now instead of when the match would take place. And now we go to the steel cage match. Larry Zabisco against Bruno San Martino. San Martino accompanied by Arnold Skolan into the cage for this match. Now, the match starts. San Martino's about halfway in between the cage and into the ring when Zabisco attacks or attempts a sneak attack onto Bruno, but Bruno catches him with a boot to the midsection, and San Martino takes the early control of this match, and he goes to town on Zabisco, not letting up whatsoever on Larry. So we move along a little bit further, and Zabisco uh, finally gets advantage on Bruno San Martino. He gets him with a little bit of a low blow, but he, you know, takes control, and he goes after the arm of San Martino. San Martino's, um, it looks like his right arm is hurt very, very badly in this match. It, there's blood coming out of it, and then... Zabisco tries to get out of the cage, but Bruno will not let him. And then we see San Martino. He makes a comeback, and, you know, he's doing everything to Zabisco, sending him into the corner, sending him into the cage. And then, towards the end of the match, San Martino sends Zabisco one more time, face first, into the cage. And it almost ties up Zabisco into the ropes, but it doesn't quite. And San Martino feels he has done enough damage to uh, Zabisco. And before he leaves, he takes one last look at Zabisco, gives him this hand of, you are done. And he walks out of the cage, and Bruno San Martino wins the steel cage match. After the match, Zabisco gets out of the cage, and I guess Bruno is thinking that Zabisco wants more, so San Martino beats up Zabisco a little bit more before Zabisco raises the hand of San Martino in disgust. He was beaten by the better man, and that is the end of the best of the WWF Volume 1. Oh, and don't forget... In the next series, we have the best of the WWF Volume 2, Andre the Giant, and the WWF's Most Unusual Matches. So my thoughts on this tape. Okay. They really hit a home run with this one for your first in the series of the best of the WWF. Because, um, as we all know, there were 20 volumes of the best of the WWF. This is number one. And my God. Gosh, did they do such a fantastic job 
with this tape, I think in a way they knew going into this that they had to hit a home run with especially with this first best of the WWF because if they didn't who knows what you know what would happen and really if you think about who's on this tape it is like a who's who of professional wrestlers and you know who's in the think about who's in the hall of fame hogan stud andre Mula, richter gorilla monsoon secluna snooka piper okerland steel fuji san martino zabisco all of these big names you know that are a part of wrestling history are all on one video cassette and you know yes some of them are not the best matches i mean the women's title match is not necessarily the best match but it is a historic match for the purposes of what would happen in the mid 80s for that whole rock and wrestling connection also you know you get the piper snooker feud you know shown a little bit on this videotape and then you get a really good match between Black Tiger and the Cobra. Um, if you can find the entire match, because I have seen the entire match, and the entire match is absolutely amazing. But this is a good portion. You get a good portion of uh, this match on the videotape. The, the training with Hogan and Gene Okerlund is just fun to watch. You don't need to be, you know someone who just started watching wrestling to appreciate how good of a vignette that is and then the San Martino Zabisco feud you get the you get the match that makes Zabisco a heel and then you get the conclusion the steel cage match it's just very very good um I really enjoyed this tape it is absolutely great um if you can find the videotape Go out of your way to get it. So, uh, that's going to do it for this. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling Show 11. And you can check out the Facebook group at That Wrestling Show. Next time around on this next edition of Coliseum Corner, we're going to get into the next series. We're going to get into the second series of the Coliseum videotapes. And we're going to... Or I'm going to start off with the most unusual matches. Believe me, this is going to be a fun tape to review. I hope you all enjoyed this trip down memory lane here on Coliseum Corner. And until next time, I am Bill Yankovi. You have been listening to Coliseum Corner. <laughs>